Thank you so very much. It's so good to be here with you all, Open Table. And um, I thank Nick for asking me to do this and to share with you all tonight. This already has been um, very inspirational for me. I'm gonna pull up what I need to share with you so that I can see it. And um, just a little bit about who I chose tonight. Um, St. Julian, the hospitaler. And I don't know how that, how that word, the hospitaler, um, came about, but uh, I chose St. Julian and I want to share a little bit of what I learned about um, St. Julian and hopefully, You'll like St. Julian too. How many of us would consider ourselves hospitable? Do we invite people into our homes and offer them a meal and or a bed to sleep? These things are what we generally connect to when we hear the word hospitality. Some may even connect the word hospitality to an actual hospital. Are the hospitals being hospitable? I mean, they do offer people a meal and certainly a bed. So is this the hospitality expectation of the hospital? I'm sure it is for some people. And actually, St. Julian believed it was as well. We'll talk about that a little later. When we hear the story of St. Julian, the hospitaler, whom I've chosen to share with you tonight, we may be surprised about what true hospitality is and especially how St. Julian came to be called the saint of hospitality. What I hope we take away from today is the meaning of true hospitality and how it can be healing for some and how we ourselves can become better at our hospitality practices. Research suggests that the father of St. Julian believed that Julian was cursed by some pagan witches at birth. The curse they were to have placed on Julian was that he would kill both of his parents. Because of this curse that was placed upon Julian, his father wanted to get rid of him. However, Julian's mother was not having that. Julian's mom had more faith in Julian that he would not dare do something as horrible as kill his parents. She didn't believe her son had the capability or the will to do anything of the sort. His mother would cry uncontrollably at times and Julian did not know why or understand what she was crying for, but she was crying because of the curse that was placed upon him. When he found out why his mother cried all the time, Julian vowed he would never kill his parents. And to keep that from happening, 10-year-old Julian left his parents and ran far away from home. It is said that Julian walked for 50 days and stopped in a town of Galatia. And he met his wife there. Julian was gone 20 years before his parents decided to go looking for him. So in the time that Julian walked to Galatia and in between the time he walked there and the 20 years later, Julian had found himself a wife. When his parents arrived in his hometown, they went to church. 
in the town. And after leaving the church service, a woman stopped them and offered them a place to sleep for the night. And unbeknownst to them, the woman was Julian's wife. Wife was overwhelmed to learn that the couple she offered her home to was her husband's parents. Julian was away hunting. While he was away, it was said that Satan was talking to Julian, making him believe that his wife was at home with another man being unfaithful. And when Julian began to believe the voices he heard, he rushed home to find two people in his bed. And in a fit of rage, Julian drew his sword and killed both of them in the bed. Those people were his parents. After discovering that he had killed his parents, Julian became even more enraged and vowed to never allow the enemy to trick him again. However, Satan came to Julian again, disguised as a weak pilgrim. Julian let this weak pilgrim into his home along with some others. And when Julian woke up the next morning, he discovered that the guest had destroyed his home. Julian put everyone out of his house and vowed again to never let anyone in his home. Well, Jesus came to Julian. Jesus was also um, as a pilgrim seeking rest. He asked humbly in the name of God for shelter. Julian answered with contempt. I shall not let you in, go away. For the other night, I had some people in my home and they vandalized it. So I will never let you in. And Christ told him, hold my walking stick, please. Julian embarrassed went to take the stick and it stuck to his hands. And Julian recognized Jesus at once and said, he tricked me, the enemy who does not want me to be your faithful servant, but I shall embrace you. I do not care about him for your love. I shall give shelter to whoever needs it. He knelt and Jesus forgave him. And Julian asked forgiveness of his wife and his parents. In his hurt, in his rage and in his anger, Julian committed to live the rest of his life to doing good works by helping others. Julian and his wife would go on to build seven hospitals in 25 houses. But sadly, some thieves came into one of the hospitals where Julian and his wife were sleeping and murdered them, much like Julian's parents had died. After all that had happened to St. Julian in his life, and even though he killed his parents, Jesus still came to him and offered forgiveness. And in doing so, St. Julian was able to go on to be known as the saint of hospitality. Being a part of the LGBTQ community, I was interested in learning more about the clobber scriptures that are placed throughout the Bible. And as I was preparing to teach my congregation about these scriptures that are used to clobber and emotionally harm the LGBTQ community, I learned that a lot of those scriptures were actually about idolatry and the lack of hospitality. For example, when we hear about the infamous Sodom and Gomorrah story, we usually hear that those stories were destroyed because of homosexuality. However, the true reason for their destruction was the lack of hospitality. We find proof of that in Ezekiel 16. 
And if we were to pay close attention to many of the scriptures in the Bible, we would come to discover that much of what God calls for us to do is to be hospitable to one another. So I would like to ask you, what do you believe hospitality to be? How are we able to be hospitable? Hospitality goes far beyond offering a meal or a bed for someone to sleep in. Hospitality can be offered by a smile, asking someone how is their day going, listening to someone, giving your house guests gifts, cooking their favorite meals, or telling them you enjoy their company and inviting them back. Outside of the home, like in the workplace, hospitality can be given by paying close attention to detail, offering personalized service, or asking for any special request. Hospitality is basically showing love and concern for those around you. Hospitality is going above and beyond what is expected. And we see in many stories in scripture that hospitality was lacking in many places, except when it came to Jesus. Jesus was the king of hospitality. Jesus always went above and beyond the expectation. And Jesus loved unconditionally. He welcomed and accepted all whom he encountered and beyond. We can learn a lot about hospitality from Jesus and also from St. Julian, who used the tragedy in his life to show love to those in his life by offering them homes and building hospitals for people to be treated and healed of their ailments. Hospitality is a huge word as it pertains to giving of yourselves. Being hospitable is a direct trait of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So in our daily walk of being Christ-like, remember St. Julian and how he used his life to love the world. St. Julian killed his parents unknowingly, but he had to ask for forgiveness for his rage and drawing his sword to kill anyone. But Jesus forgave him for that. And what turned St. Julian's heart around was the fact that he killed his parents and that Jesus came to him and asked for some hospitality. And Julian from then on turned his life around and offered homes and built hospitals for people to be able to have a part of that hospitality, to have a part in being hospitable, to have a part in giving of ourselves to one another in love. St. Julian was a saint. He was the saint of hospitality. And again, he used his love to touch the world. Amen. We have any, any ideas or questions? I asked several questions in that, but I'll ask you again, what, what was your idea? What is your idea of being hospitable? How can we be hospitable towards one another? 
Yeah, I guess when, when I think of hospitality, uh, you know, it, it's been ever evolving for me. Um, I remember back in 2008, I joined a hippie commune. It was an intentional Christian community where we offered direct service to folks who were unhoused. So we'd offer showers, clothes, breakfast, that kind of thing. And initially, like that's what I, I viewed as as radical hospitality. But as as the years have gone on, I've recognized that there's um, ways that that can go deeper. And so, like I, you know, back then I wasn't aware of white saviorism and how I was, you know, kind of doing that. Where essentially power dynamics didn't change. And I know that, you know, in the New Testament, there's this thing called the Kinesis Hymn, where uh, Jesus talks about, you know, taking, uh, basically just giving of himself and, and really just kind of lowering in stature. So where there's honor, it's like, well, no, 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 you gotta, there's gotta be a reordering of society. And, and so like reflecting on that, I think the thing that I, I would view it more now as uh Maybe it's more like solidarity is what it would look like um, rather than uh, the kind of direct service I was doing. Not to knock it, like that's still necessary, but it's like, how, how are we reshaping the community that we're a part of to bring about health? Uh, because as long as the power structure is the same, <laughs> remains the same, if it's still just status quo, awful lot of folks are getting hurting. So, so how do we practice solidarity as hospitality? That's awesome because a lot of people wouldn't put that together. Um, wouldn't put that together at all. But you're right. Solidarity coming together. Anybody else? Um, when I think of hospitality, um, one of the things that jumps out at me is just pretty much like the uh, the name of of your ministry, the Open Table. Um, I remember. Um, being in church, growing up in church, uh, when it was time for communion, I think of the open table as giving communion sometimes. And um, I remember that there were uh, there were restrictions to uh, to taking communion, and um, I just remember feeling excluded and um, just pretty not hospitable when it came to uh, giving and receiving communion. Um, so I think uh, when I think of the name, the open table, when I think of how we give communion now and how it is open to anybody and everybody of all walks of life um, and wh whoever you are, wh whomever you love, any of that, there's, there's no restrictions to, um, the open table. So um, that's that's what jumps out for me is is that um, communion actually is is more hospitable now than it has ever been before. Awesome. See, that's another thing that many people might not connect with hospitality because I didn't connect it to that until you said it that way. Um, but yeah, being hospitable is inviting people to even that table just as Christ did, just as Christ did. And the lack thereof in scripture and, and in our churches and some of the churches still missing out on a lot of moments to connect with one another in solidarity, right? So, yeah. 
Rala has said, um, inviting people into your world and caring about them and treating them with love. Tony says, kindness, justice for all, working together, equality and acceptance for all, fighting injustice and working toward <clears throat> better understanding. That's hospitality. It really is. Maddie, you want to share what you what you wrote? It's pretty interesting. You want to share that or no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I grew up in like a pretty in uh um I grew up going to like a Christian private school where I had to like learn all of the like you know like hospitality and all that. I remember, but I feel like at least in that uh, very linear way of thinking, I was handed kind of the hospitality as being this definition of yeah, kind of like opening up your home and inviting your home people into your home or in into your space. But I think in light of COVID, that's obviously not happening right now. And so how can even this definition of hospitality be shaped and shifted um, and not even necessarily even inviting in? Cause I think, you know, then that's like, well, you're coming into my space, but what does it mean for the, like, even as Nick was saying and Leandra of the space to be open of like communion and, and, and um, yeah, e e equality within that. Um, but yeah, hospitality inside of COVID, I'm like, oh, that is a, that is another, that is a layer that I hadn't been thought of. I hadn't thought of necessarily. Tia said, truly seeing and noticing one another. Yes. Another comment from Facebook Live from Marlene, inviting family and friends to share a meal, making sure all are welcome. Thanks, Marlene. Yeah, um, that's my mom, and she'll cook enough for the whole block just in case they want to come over, come over and eat. So if any of you all in Kansas City ever get hungry, let me know. I'll send it to my mom because she cooks for everybody <laughs> all the time, really. Literally. Um, yes, literally. <laughs> and I certainly miss that. I miss that about home. Um, B. Carey said, lack of judgment is the beginning of hospitality that's actually true because if you're judging folks already before you're opening up to them or allowing them to open up to you be judging wrong here or be hospitable the, the way i think i can be hospitable i love to cut grass i know call me weird i don't i don't know i i, I like to get on my riding more and I like to be outside. And that is part of my time with God. That's when I talk the most to God. So if my neighbors need their grass cut, um, I don't have a problem with riding on over and cutting their grass because then it, for one, I'm, I'm offering a service to them, um, opening up my heart to being hospitable. Uh, but I'm also able to commune with God even more and learn more about being hospitable. How can I um, serve my neighbor? How can I serve the stranger? Um, so I'm always finding ways to do that. Um, my wife says I'm too friendly sometimes because I just start talking to strangers on the street and, and giving them money and stuff. And that's just who I am. Because um, I like to, to learn and, and know people and get to meet people. So I think hospitality for me is meeting people and cutting grass and i don't know it's weird but some kind of way i can make it all work i was just going to share that when i was younger 
my pastor used to send us out with lawnmowers to minister to people. Um, that was like his whole thing was just go to a neighborhood that needs anything and just get, get a lawnmower and just go mow people's grass and they'll talk to you and you get to know about their lives and don't ask, don't take money, maybe take a drink of water, but you just do it for free and just go up and down the street mowing yards. And when I was in my twenties, I did a lot of that. Awesome. It's a real ministry. See, Lee, it's a real ministry. Uh, I was uh, just thinking about one way that I try to be hospitable and also enjoy most of the time is just listening, um, listening to people tell their stories, um, just kind of being present to them, which isn't, even though I enjoy it, it's not always easy. Sometimes I get impatient and I want to like move on and like um, whatever, but uh, I think really trying to listen deeply to like um, someone's story and what they share is like a way of really trying to um, see them for who they are. And I think that's something that can be actually rare um, or doesn't happen enough as we need in our current time. So that's one way I try. What about this poor St. Julian? Um, Nick and I were talking a little bit earlier this week. He killed his parents, right? Um, and and the way the story is told, it wasn't purposefully because he didn't know who was in the bed. Um, he didn't take the time to look, <laughs> but um, it wasn't like he went to kill his parents. And you know, his mom and dad were were worried about that all of the all of his little life, all of their life, that they would be killed by their son and. He leaves at 10. He, he runs away from home at 10 and they go to where he is and they are killed there. Um, I just thought that was, I felt so bad for, for Julian because um, I couldn't imagine how he felt um, trying to get away from that problem and then it comes to him and it actually happens. And, you know, but Jesus still forgave him um, for, I think I mentioned this a little earlier. Jesus forgave him for killing whoever it was. Um, we, he shouldn't have did that, um, but but for killing for to kill his parents, that poor guy. I couldn't imagine um, how he must have felt running away from that. So it would not happen. And then when they came to visit him, that's exactly what happened. That 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 tore me up a little bit, um, but God is a forgiving God and Jesus offered that forgiveness. I just thought that was awesome. I am curious, um, Reverend, D Reverend Dion, if you, uh, how did you find the story of um, St. Julie in the hospital or um, it's just, a, it's a saint. I don't really know much about like ancient saints or anything, but I'd be curious to know how you stumbled upon his particular story. So I'm not, I'm not Catholic or anything like that with, you know, with the saints and things. But when Nick asked me and he, and he told me that you all were um, talking about saints or the people that come through are talking about saints, um, hospitality has been fresh on my mind since um, the Calabria Scripture series because we found out in Scripture and a lot of the Scripture that Jesus or God was upset with people because they weren't treating people right. 
they weren't being hos hospitable. And I've had that on my heart for maybe a year. So when Nick asked me that, um, I, I plugged in um, St. Julian and just began to read more and more um, about it. I ran up on St. Julian when I was teaching the Calibra scriptures, but I didn't get into um, as much depth with it. Um, so kind of sort of through the Calibra scripture series, I ran across um, St. Julian. And the way they have, I don't understand the hospitaler, that word hospitaler. I guess I should have uh, Googled that a little more because I wouldn't have thought that to be hospitality, right? I would have thought that had more to do with the hospital. Um, but it but it came across and and uh, I just got interested in because I'm I'm a very big um, supporter of let's love all people and let's treat all people the same and let's 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 be kind to one another and that all falls under the umbrella of hospitality. So we, we that that wasn't practiced a whole lot in scripture, especially in the, in the Old Testament. I saw someone, oh, someone said, how did his folks not bother to go look for him for 20 years? I, I wondered the same thing. First of all, he was 10 years old when he left home, he ran away. <laughs> um, I, it might have been dad, you know, I'm sure back in that day when the men were um, running the households, um, dad didn't, dad wanted him dead anyway. Dad, dad wanted to get rid of him because he was afraid that um, he was going to kill them. So I don't know if dad kept mom from going to look for him. You know, I, I'm not sure. I guess I should have Googled that too. Because I wondered the same thing. Because when it when I found out that he was only 30 when they saw him, I was like, that means he was 10 when he ran away. Um, so waiting 20 years, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe dad had had the last say on that. Dad didn't want him around. Showing up is how I try to be hospitable. I know that that's awesome. Showing up. It lets people know that you're interested or that you care, right? When you show up. Right. So dad was right. He did kill him. He did, but he didn't mean to. <laughs> he didn't mean to kill him. He let it, Satan got into his little brain and tricked him. But the end result was that um, he offered he offered um, to take care of others by building hospitals and houses. I just, had, I just had a thought um, with uh, kind of the, if, I don't know if, if maybe there was a, supposed to be a, a message from his story of like being cursed, being destined to kill his parents, but it seems like, I don't know, I'm not a parent, but it's, it seems like when people become parents, um, it's just like, it's bound, they're bound to have their hearts broken one way or another. And so it's like when you when you have a child, like it's gonna kill you. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of joy and love that comes with it. But um, from what I understand, that like um, becoming a parent is like giving your love so fully um, that it's 
you know, in the same way that I guess Jesus gave his love and his life. Um, so it's like even um, to pursue their son after he had the threat of there was like potential of them killing them, they, they still wanted to love him fully. And so like, isn't that hospitality as well? Like in a way of like that risk that you have of when you try to, when you bring somebody into your life like that, um, it's pretty powerful image or yeah, story, St. Julian. That's a different, that's a good perspective, but you're right. Allowing, allowing him back into their lives. They didn't know what he had done. A lot of things can happen in 20 years, right? A lot can change in 20 years and they didn't have an idea of who he really was as a 30 year old man, but being willing to um, allow him back into their lives. That too was hospitable. You're right, unconditional love. Also just, uh, this was really great from Caitlin. Uh, a beloved stranger is a child, a death to the self when a child is born or recentering. Absolutely, death to self. You have to put that child above your needs. You're right. Awesome. And the parents gave their lives for their son, really. So, like, they were really focused on making sure he wouldn't kill them um, or letting him go at 10 and then being willing to walk back into his life when he was 30. So, well, uh, I'm, I've ran my mouth and I'm glad you all were hanging out with me and. Um, I hope that could take away something from St. Julian, something from St. Julian. Appreciate it.